Live. Live from... This is the Just End the Suffering Podcast. For the win. Got it! Oh! He broke his head. Follow me. Follow me to freedom. Here's your host, Mike Phillips. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the latest episode of the Just on the Suffering Podcast for New York Sports Talk and Long Suffering Fam. Your host, Mike Phillips. I got a good show for you this week. Thanksgiving week here on the podcast. The Giants are playing on Thanksgiving for the first time in a while. They're heading down to Dallas for a huge divisional showdown against the Cowboys. I'm going to be joined in just a bit by a good friend of the podcast, Jerry Foley, the co-host of the Giant Insider Newspaper and Podcast. We're going to talk about what happened to the Giants in week 11, that disaster against Detroit what this could mean for the Giants going forward here. And all of a sudden, they might be in a little bit of trouble in terms of playoff positioning. We'll talk about all that with Jerry in just a bit. Let's do our Week 12 NFL pick with Phil Fragetta, a Giant fan, our podcast legal correspondent. We'll talk about more Giants as well there. Do some picks for Thanksgiving week. Make sure you're locked in the end of the show. Physics 2-Minute Drill. I'm going to give you my thoughts on the USA's first World Cup match against Wales. And this was a big roller coaster. It started out very high, took a big fall in the second half, so... Talk about all that in just a bit. If you like what you hear on the Just on the Suffering podcast, feel free to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, TuneIn, Stitcher, Spotify, Amazon, all the usual suspects. Simply search for Just and the Suffering, your favorite podcast platforms. You can find episodes there. Feel free to your feedback and star as well. Help me the podcast even better going forward. Let's check out the YouTube page, Mike Phillips on YouTube. Video version of the conversations with Jerry Foley and Phil Friatic are on the YouTube channel. Again, Mike Phillips on YouTube. Without any further ado, let's get to our opening tip. We're going to talk about the big debacle up in Foxborough over the weekend. Something we're not thankful for as Jet fans. That's coming up here right after this. Three, two, one. Y'all ready for this? The opening tip. And here we go. All right, opening tip here, talking about the Jets. There may not have been a more frustrating loss in recent memory for Jet fans than what happened in Foxborough on Sunday. The Jets lost 10-3 to in a game where the defense dominated. The offense did absolutely nothing, and they gave up the game-winning touchdown in the fourth quarter. That was a big problem on a punt return, by the way. This is Braden Mann punting. Line low line drive style, getting you eerie for the hex of the giant game. Matt Dodge punting to Sean Jackson. It's a block in the back, missed by the refs. Jets couldn't cover it. Touchdown, game over. What a debacle. The defense did have some issues. Tackler Mondre Stevenson. They made plenty of plays when necessary. They sacked Mac Jones six times. They had some great coverage throughout the game. They did their job. The offense, more specifically the quarterback, did not. The Jets could not run at all. Major the fact that Zach Wilson could not operate the offense. Zach Wilson on the day, 9-22 for 77 yards. That's right, 77 yards. No turnovers. But he had two near interceptions. One in the third quarter that he airmailed a wide open Tyler Conklin in the middle of the field, right off the hands of Devin McCourty. Another one late in the fourth quarter on the final drive, he was trying to hit Denzel Mims on the sideline. Jack Jones nearly jumps the route. Should have been a pick six, but did not happen there. Also, plenty of missed throws on the on the day here. 
You get a couple of airmailed screen passes to Denzel Mims and Braxton Berrios. He did not see open plays to Zach Wilts, to Garrett Wilson and Mims, both of whom demonstrated their disgust when Zach Wilson's missing on passes that need to be hit. This game was very damaging right now. The Patriots now have a head-to-head tiebreaker on the Jets, thanks to a sweep of the season series. 14 wins in a row for New England against the Jets. The Jets could have won both those games with more confident quarterback play. And, you know, I got to give this coaching staff some issues, some credit here. They have built a very solid culture here. We have accountability throughout this locker room, which I appreciate. Well, I did pay close attention to some of the clips post-game. And let's hear some, some of the contributors here to this situation. Let's start with uh, Justin Hardy of the special teams unit talking about, you know, his responsibility for the game-winning punt return. Got um, hit. Whether it was a side or the back, it wasn't good enough. It wasn't up to my standards. It wasn't up to the Jets' standards. Put it on me. I'm going to go and work harder. Get in my film room more. Do whatever I can to make this team better, to make my, our special teams group better. Um, and it's not all on me. It's 11 guys on the field, but me being the captain, I'm going to always point the finger at myself first. And... Yeah, Love this year from Justin Hardy. I mean, he is the special teams captain. He has done great work throughout the season on that unit. Good for him to own up to it. The fact that, hey, you know, like we got to be better on this unit. Let's go to a member of that offense, Garrett Wilson, the first year player out of Ohio State, a key cog on the offense. Hear what he had to say about the offense as a whole. Uh, we got to be detailed, you know, all of us. You know, it, start, it started during the week in practice, um, coaching, all of that, man. We all got to be more detailed. We all got to have a a better plan. Um, this sh- not okay. I mean, straight up, it's not okay. We had how many how many total yards we had? A little over hundred. Yeah, it's sh- not 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 gonna fly. So, um, you know, we got the dudes. It's time. You know, it's time to be consistent. It's time to start winning the games we should win. It's time to to do all that. And, um, yeah. All right. A lot of things you like to hear. Gary Wills point out. Hey, you know, we had the guys in this room. We have to be playing better. This is unacceptable. We can fix this. We have to pl- work harder to get the job done. Great. Fantastic. Another uh, well-accountable person here. Let's go to our quarterback, see how he laid it on this. I'm sure he had some good things to say. The, as an offense, though, I mean, when you guys are only able to score three points, the defense only lets up three points. I mean, do you, do you feel like you let the defense down at all? No. no. Wait, wait a minute. Say what now? The, as an offense, though, I mean, when you guys are only able to score three points, the defense only lets up three points. I mean, do you, do you feel like you let the defense down at all? No. I don't know if you heard that. The quarterback said, no, it was not my fault that we lost the game. It was not the offense's fault that we let the defense down. That's going to go over very, very well in that locker room. The coaching staff here, for all the work they've done building the culture here, their weak spot has been the quarterback and how they have enabled him to play poorly without consequences. He has never been pulled from a game due to poor play. He treats the football like a loaf of bread at times, and he's allowed to stay in the game. Think about some of these games. I mean, the first New England game, I would have pulled him after the second pick when he threw right in the hands of Devin McCourty. There is no reason to let these things happen. The other 52 guys in that room are being screwed right now because Zach Wills is not capable of playing winning football. The coaching staff knows that Zach Wills is not ready. They coach scared because they know he's not where he needs to be. And Ertz to the coach. 
Earth to Robert Sala, who said he had no inkling to go to Mike White at any point on Sunday. It's not against the rules to put your back quarterback in here to try and win a football game. That's not a dead end to the roster here. In fact, you earn the respect of the rest of the guys in your room. You say, hey, the quarterback one is not winning it right now. He's having a bad day. Let's go to QB2 so we can get something going here. A game that's very winnable. And those are two games right now that could cross the Jets the playoffs because they stuck by Zach Wilson to no end. And Zach Wilson knows, too, the coach that had gone on multiple occasions and said, hey, like, no matter what, he's our guy. That's enabling him to play however he wants, do whatever he wants, and consequences be damned. The danger you run into right now by playing to that ego of the quarterback is that you fracture the locker room. That defense will start pointing fingers at the offense for why they're not winning. The receivers are going to start blaming the quarterback. We saw this a little bit of Garrett Wilson and Denzel Mims in the game. Elijah Moore, how Bailey handled his trade request. He basically said the same thing. He says, ask Zach Wilson why I'm not getting the ball. You have issues. If Zach Wilson is going to take it so poorly that he gets benched in the game and you're afraid you're going to lose him for that, he's not the quarterback. Simple as that. They are right there on the playoff hunt. They have three games at home they should be able to win with Chicago this week, who may be down Justin Fields, and then Detroit-Jacksonville double back-to-back late in the season. That's three. You got to get a fourth now out of trips to Buffalo, Minnesota, Seattle, and Miami. That's going to be hard. They are right there. The quarterback has to be better. If he's not, and I don't even know if he's going to get that long. Like, if it was me, i give him the start of the Bear game. If he's stinking out the joint, Mike White's got to go in because you cannot sacrifice 52 guys for the sake of one. That's not going to happen here. They're going to be looking next year if this is not happening at guys like Derek Carr, looking at Jimmy Garoppolo, looking at Aaron Rodgers, something like that. Zach Wilson is not the guy right now. And if, unless he gets better quickly, they're going to cut the mistake here. And you're going to blow this season and lose the lock if you stick by Zach too long. So, trust me. What he said did not go over very well. And with that, let's get to the Giants side of town. Here we're going to talk some New York Giant football with Jerry Foley right after this call from the Lions game yesterday from Fox Sports' Kevin Burkhart and Greg Olson. Look how many guys they have on the right side of their offensive line. They got five guys to the right. Give it to Williams, looking for his third of the day, and he's got it for the touchdown. Three for Jamal Williams and a league-leading 12 on the year. One, two, three, four, five, and then they bring St. Brown. They get five guys, then a sixth. Just seal that whole edge. All right, we are back here talking New York Giants football on the podcast as they get ready to head down to Dallas for Thanksgiving to take on the Cowboys. Join me today, a good friend of the podcast, one of the co-hosts of the Giant Insider and Newspaper Podcast, Jerry Foley's here. Jerry, how are you? Ah, been better, but how are you doing, man? <laughs> doing pretty good. I got to say, I not plan to be talking to you after a loss here, but I mean, when we talked in the summer, I don't think anyone of us would have seen 7-3 and three coming. No, that's the thing. Everybody keeps saying, you know, if you you told us in the summer, you told us in training camp, and even at the beginning of the season that we'd be seven and three, we'd all sign up for it. But you know, expectations change as you go along, and we had a very good shot at being eight and two going into Dallas, but we're seven and three, and uh, that's kind of where we are right now. So, yeah, absolutely. Here, and I gotta say, I last week was all over the Giants. I feel like, oh, this is a good spot for them. I don't know why they're not getting respected here. Like, I feel like Detroit's gonna come in like high on themselves and lose this game, then. Everything kind of went wrong on Sunday. What really was the big issue for the Giants here against the Lions? You know, everybody, a lot of people are saying they weren't up for the game. I don't think that's the case. I, I just think they, 
look, sooner or later, this roster catches up with itself, right? It's not that talented. And this was a case where there's guys injured, and now we have more guys injured. And, you know, that, like, Detroit just punched them in the mouth. Like, it's very simple. They lost the battle in the trenches, right? They went with, you know, they started Shane Lemieux at left guard, and he got beat up very quickly yesterday. Like, uh, PFF gave him a score of 0.0 in 36 snaps. Like, it was just that kind of a, that kind of a day, right? Like, they go up, what, um, they go up 6-3, miss the extra point. And you, and then when, when Jones throws the interception, you could just feel like, you know, it's not going to go our way today. It just, it had that feel from the start and it, it carried through the rest of the day. Like the giants can't turn the ball over. They're not talented enough. And when you turn it over three times to get no turnovers, that's a recipe for disaster. So I, it, I think as simply as they just beat us, they just, the, the Detroit Lions punched the giants in the mouth and, and they couldn't recover. They don't have the talent offensively you know, to come back from that kind of a deficit. So that was it. Yeah, you mentioned the injuries. You had to pick up two more big ones this one. We lose Wandale Robinson for the season, obviously. He's having his best game of the year. He has the nine catch for 100 yards before he blows his ACL. And then Adoree Jackson gets her on the punt return, which I don't know why he was out there to begin with. Now he's out four or six weeks. Those two feel like killers. Yeah, the Wandale one hurts a lot because he finally got going, right? He, you know, my partner Chris, who's the beat writer, kept saying in training camp, wait till you see this kid. He's really electric. And we didn't see it much because he had a lot of nagging injuries, but we saw it yesterday. It's kind of coming, you know, he kind of came into his own. The, the offense, you know, he, he, the game looked like it slowed down for him finally. He was open, catching everything thrown his way. Uh, we saw everything that people were talking about early on, what this kid can do, and he looked healthy. And then, of course, he tears his ACL after catching 100 yards, and you're like, oh, my God. Like, look, he's probably – he was our one or our 1A receiver with Darius Slayton, but now the drop-off is huge. I mean, as for Jackson, look, I, we were just talking about this. I'm not going to kill Dable for uh, putting him back at punt returning, um, you know, but that's the risk you run when you put anyone back there, right? He was a number one corner. Um, we really couldn't afford to lose him, and unfortunately now he's out four to six weeks, which could turn into the rest of the season. Who knows? But uh, it, just, it just stinks, man. It, it's a shame because now we don't know about Fabian Moreau. I mean, the, the starting corners against the Dallas Cowboys Thursday they might be Regarius Williams uh, and Cordell Flott, maybe with Nick McLeod. I mean, it is just, and, and, and Darnay Holmes will help too, but it's, a, it's insane how far down the roster this team is right now. So, hey, look, losing those two guys is tough, and then Feliciano got hurt. I mean, you just the injury list for the Giants is absolutely absurd right now. It is. I do feel like it makes the job even hard for Brian Dable, who we talked in the summer. I remember we said that, hey, if Dable is winning with this roster, it shows you he's got very fortunate at the coach spot because he's done a good job getting the most out of a very, very talent deficient roster here. And I got to give him credit for the job he's done here. He's got to work even harder now to try and keep them in this playoff race with all the injuries they have. Yeah, that's going to be the trick, right? Because now you're stepping up in weight class. Like you're playing the Eagles twice, you play Dallas, you play the Vikings. You play Washington twice now, who all of a sudden is hot and looks good and is a totally different team with Taylor Heineke than Carson Wentz. And then you have the Colts, who, despite having a coach with zero experience, are playing well. So, you know, the Giants are going to have to win probably three games over their final, what is it, seven, to make the playoffs. They're probably going to have to go 10-7. and seven. And those games with Washington are going to be absolutely critical now. You, I don't think you can split those. I think you have to win both and probably beat the Colts to get in 
if you beat the if you beat the Eagles, if you beat the Cowboys or the Vikings, I'm looking at that as a bonus. But you know, you just feel for Dable because he's done such a ridiculously good job with this roster, and to have more and more injuries, like man, give this guy a chance. Like I, I don't want to get into next year yet, but I can't wait to see what he can do with some more talent with a with a number one receiver or two, right? From free agency or the draft. I mean. He's just he, what he's doing with them now is incredible, man. Yeah, that's for sure. Here, I mean, the job he's done with Daniel Jones has been very good too. I mean, obviously he's done a lot with Jones. Obviously, Jones plays while he's one of his worst games of the year yesterday, but he's done a good job cutting on the turnovers, designing runs for him to take advantage of his skill sets. I feel like Daniel Jones has at least made it more of a conversation because I think beginning of the year we said, oh, you know, he's here for a year and he's gone. But I feel like now the conversation has to be had. Like, do they keep him around for the long? Because obviously, not going to be position anymore to go draft somebody. Yeah, I think it's 60-40 that he stays now. I think he's actually endeared himself to everybody. Like the, I mean, the organization always loved him, but I think he's endeared himself more to the coaching staff and to the fans. I think the fans look at him like, look, we can win with him. Just give him somebody to throw to. I mean, the guys he's throwing to right now, like, I mean, Richie James is now back in, like, being a, a top three receiver for the Giants. Like, some of these guys wouldn't even make the rosters of other teams. So I think if you give Jones some talent, uh, protect him a little better, you're going to have to help that interior of the offensive line next year. I do think Evan Neal will be fine. You just have to give him some time. But I think if you, if you, you know, maybe bring in a center, bring in a, another guard, com- more guard competition, uh, and then give him a, a receiver, or, or really, you really need two more receivers probably. Um, I, I think you can win with Jones, and I think he's endeared himself to everybody. And I don't think, all of a sudden, man, I don't think quarterback is the number one need on this team anymore. It's, you're watching this team play every week like we all do. It's receiver, it's inside linebacker, it's probably the second corner position, and it's the interior of that line that you really have to upgrade because if you keep Jones in there and add around him, you I think you can win with him. He's proven you can win with him. Yeah, that's true. And ironically, you might even be able to tag him because Saquon Barkley is having such a big comeback year, and he's a free agent too, and you, they can't afford to let him go because what Saquon has done is basically the entire giant offense. Yeah, and and it's funny because a game like yesterday, a buddy of mine said to me, like, you wonder if a game like yesterday helps or hurts Saquon. And I said, I think it helps him because it shows you what they have when he can't get going. They have nothing, right? Offensively, he's fifteen for twenty-two. You're getting you're getting you're getting your doors blown off. That's what happened yesterday. So if Barkley Barkley is the entire offense, if he can't get going, they have nothing. So I always think a game like yesterday in a weird way kind of ups his value to the Giants. And it's clear they like him a lot. Um, I, I've said before I'd rather keep him. It's not like you're, it's not like you're spending another, uh, another draft pick on him at number two overall. You have him already. So if you have him already, figure it out and keep him and continue to build around him and Jones and, and, and make this offense you know dynamic and, and the vision that Dable and Kafka probably have for it. Yeah, that's for sure here. I do think also, I've, I've also been impressed by the coaching job. Wink Martindale's done on the defense. And they've also been missing a lot of pieces at times, too. Yesterday, I hurt because, obviously, Detroit gashed them on the ground. It's sort of been the one weak spot of the Giants at this season here. So, like, what do you think about what yeah. they got to do defensively here to sort of keep things like, in order for the try and make a playoff push? They're so weak at the inside linebacker position right now. Um, I, I, that's, that's where they are getting absolutely destroyed. Uh, the edges are okay. Thibodeau doesn't hold the edge like Jihad Ward does, actually. Um, and I would love to see Ojolari come back and contribute, but it's it's that in, it's that inside linebacker to fill in the gaps, like Jalen Smith and and now I mean um, 
what's his name? The rookie played more, uh, yesterday. The kid from Indiana, I can't even think of his name. Uh, McFadden. He played. He played more. He played a ton of snaps yesterday. You know, Tate Crowder is kind of an afterthought on the inside now. So they have to upgrade there. I think Martindale's done a very good job. They're not getting to the quarterback like I thought they would, though, and that's just a talent issue. Like they're not even when even when Martindale sends a, a you know the house which he loves to do. They're not getting there. They're not getting nearly the sacks I thought they would. Um, and I know he can't send the house when it's third and three, third and one. He wants to do that when it's third and eight and really come after you. Um, so their ability, their inability to, to stop the run has is, is been their Achilles heel on defense. I think Wink Martindale's done a very good job. I can't wait to see. Again, I can't wait to see this coaching staff back next year with more talent. It's going to be a lot of fun to watch. I think for once, for the first time in a long time, I should say, we're not getting outcoached, and we actually have a better coaching staff than our opponents most weeks. So I would love to see some talent around these around this current team, to where these coaches can really take advantage of that. Yeah, that's for sure. You mentioned the impact this coaching staff. I mean, yeah, look at the way the Giants have won these games. I mean, all seven of their wins this year came by within eight points or less. So like, that's a lot of signs of great coaching and getting a job done. But on the flip side, you can look at it and say, hey, you know, like couple of bounces of the ball going your way. They go the other way, maybe you lose some of these games here. And this the, the bombs were fell out yesterday against Detroit. Do you sort of think that maybe that game could be a harbinger of things to come here for what could happen to the Giants down the stretch? If they were playing mediocre teams, I would say no, but they're playing they're playing the better teams in the NFL, happen to be in their division. And I think it could be. I think that yesterday was like was kind of a foreshadowing of what may come. And it's like, all right, well, these teams have figured out, and, and the Texans too, stop Saquon. Well, I mean, they didn't stop Saquon, but they're, they're I should say Seattle, right? Seattle came in and said, we're going to stop the run, and, and you're going you're gonna to have to beat us other ways. And then the Giants, of course, turned the ball over twice in that game too. But Seattle, Houston couldn't do it. Um, and, and Detroit, it, it stopped, stopped Saquon, and the Giants have no answer for it other than, you know, zone reads and Daniel's legs, which you're going to have to see a lot of down the stretch. So, Unfortunately, because of the talent, the lack of talent on this team, the Giants are going to struggle the rest of the seven games. It's just, I don't see how they don't. But look, I mean, look at the Minnesota Vikings, right? They're eight and two. They have net less points than their opponents. I think they're under, two under, right? So I just think the league, and, and you look at the Vikings and you think, wow, that team's immensely more talented than the Giants. But that's just kind of the league right now. It's a very mediocre league for the most part. <laughs> Except for our division, it seems like, the elite teams like the Eagles and Cowboys are, are just waiting for us. So, uh, unfortunately, I think yesterday was uh, a foreshadowing of things. I hope I'm wrong, but I think it was get ready, Giants fans, because this, this whole dream of being eight and two and, you know, waltzing for the rest of the season and, and winning half your games and, and getting into the playoffs is a distant memory now. You're seven and three, and it's going to be a struggle to get to the playoffs now. Yeah, you mentioned that schedule. I mean, we're looking at it right now. They also got a bit of thinking about getting all the division games except for the first Dallas game got backloaded here at the back end of the schedule. I mean, you mentioned it. At Dallas, Commanders home, Eagles home, at the Commanders, at the Vikings, Colts, and then at the Eagles again. That's really, really rough here. I mean, you said it best. I mean, especially the Commanders games, I mean, about like three, four weeks ago, I said, oh, they can win those games and they'll be able to get in. Like, now neither one of them is giving. Yeah, and, and look, you can you can still get in the playoffs going two and four in your division if you take care of business against the Colts, most likely the way it's shaking out. It's not a guarantee, but it's most likely going to be the case. So you, you want to beat Washington twice because you don't want it to come down to rooting against rooting, you know, against them and hoping that other teams take care of business. You want to get them twice so that if you end up with the same record, you're in. 
And I, I really believe, even if they don't beat Washington twice, I really believe it's going to come down to January 1st against the Colts at home to get into the playoffs. Like they, look, weird things happen in the NFL. Like they may, maybe they sneak one against Dallas Thursday. Who the hell knows? Maybe Dallas partied too much and they're taking the Giants lightly. Maybe they sneak one in Minnesota on Christmas Eve, or maybe they sneak one at home against the Eagles, right? It's all possible. They're not going to win all three of those games, but maybe they sneak one of those games, beat Washington once, and then they got to beat the Colts. I think that's how it's, it's just going to come down to that Colts game. I'm, I'm convinced of it. Yeah, I could definitely see that too. I mean, you look at the commander, especially like they're probably the biggest threat out, who's currently outside the field to take that giant spot. It's sort of like what happened with the Jets right now on the other side of town. Like the, two, the reason they're out in New England's in because New England beat them twice. You don't want to have that happen to the Giants. Right. What's amazing is if the 49ers lose tonight, if the playoffs started today, every NFC East team is in. So there could be that scenario. I don't think there will be because I think, what, Washington has played the Giants twice yet. They got I think they got to play Dallas one more time. So there's going to be some jockeying a position that way. But look, I mean, the Giants have their work cut out for, for themselves. They are in the toughest division in football um, at a time when somehow they've managed to go 7-3 and three through their first 10. But it's all there in front of them. You know, they can do it. It's just, you know, you just have to, you got to start getting some guys back. You got to get Evan Neal back. You got to get Bellinger back. You got to get, hopefully, Ojolari back. And I don't even know what he can, what he's going to come, what he's going to bring to the table when he comes back. He hasn't played much this year. But Evan Neal's got to come back and Bellinger for you to, I think, for you to really have a chance to do anything offensively. Yeah, that's for sure here. And and brutal time with the Giants here to, Get this game on the short week here. That's probably key. Some of these guys who got hurt on Sunday out potentially against the Cowboys here, and it's, I think it's also quite ironic that this is the year that I think the NFL sort of just buried the Giants on Thanksgiving, said they're not going to be good. And now it's probably one of the most important games of the season is on this game. In this game, yeah, I mean, I, I think unfortunately right now it's kind of come back to that mindset. Like, all right, well, four thirty is going to be our throwaway game because Dallas is going to absolutely trounce the Giants. I mean, if I'm the Giants this week, I just I'm not trying to simplify it too much, but run, zone read, run. Zone, and that's it. It's just, you got to run. You, you don't, you, you can't do anything. You can't, the pass block is going to be so difficult against this front seven. Um, I mean, Barkley's going to have to explode for them to have a shot to win, or Daniel's going to have to lo- use his legs. I mean, it's just, the task is monumental, mainly because of all the injuries the Giants have gone through. I mean, if you list, you read the list of Giants that have been injured, from training camp to now, it is absolutely absurd. And guys that are out for the year that they were depending on, um, it's just, it is what it is. I mean, they got to go out there Thursday and do the best they can, but I don't think any Giant fan in America is thinking, oh yeah, you know, we have a really good shot this week. It's just four days after getting getting beaten by the, the Lions and then losing two key players, it's just it's almost like climbing Mount Everest. It's just, it's insane. It's crazy, too. You can't even really look back at week three, the game they played. They lost by seven at home and say, oh, like, we'll take the out of that game because Dak Prescott's not in that game. It was Cooper Rush. Yeah, and they were they were in that game, like, late, too. And you looked at it, and you're like, how the hell are the Giants even in this game? It's 13-6, and they, 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 you know, Dallas has really outplayed them, but CeeDee Lamb dropped a couple passes in that one. I'll tell you what, man. I think, I think the Giants have a better shot beating Dak than Cooper Rush. Cooper Rush just seems so calm when the Giants blitzed him. He didn't care. Um, I'm not saying that they have a better chance to beat them like this week. I'm just saying if, if everyone's at their strength, I'd almost rather go against Dak than Cooper Rush because Cooper Rush seemed completely unfazed by what Wink Martindale was doing. But 
I mean, this week I think they could start like Babe Laufenberg and, and still beat the Giants somehow just because of what the Giants, you know, the, the Giants injury list is insane. Yeah, I think it is, but I do think gut call here before we uh, wrap up here. Does this team get the job done and get to the playoffs? Do you think that the injuries, there's too many of them right now? You, you know, you can't react after Sunday's loss. You probably can't react after what will very likely be a Thursday loss either. You, you just, you got to take it for what it is, right? Say the Giants are seven and four. All right, you got 10 days to get ready for the Washington Commanders. It is going to be a must-win, absolute biggest game of the year. And they win that one, then they're eight and four. And then it's, all right, guys, you got to win two of your remaining games. You're probably going to have to beat the Commanders again. Maybe you can sneak one, like I said, against the Eagles somehow. Um, Vikings, so do I think they will? I think somehow they will end up in the playoffs. It's just going to be typical Giants, as painful as humanly possible, coming down to that last game. I don't know if it's a 1 o'clock or 4 o'clock. I haven't even looked at my tickets. If it's a 1 o'clock, it's going to come down. If it doesn't get flexed, it's going to come down to 4.30, 4.15 Eastern Standard Time on January 1st before the Giants get into the playoffs. So I think they'll get in, but it is going to be an excruciating next seven weeks. I think I agree with you. Just on the fact, I I feel like this coaching staff is capable of finding a way to get these couple of wins they need. If it was some other stats they've had, I would say no chance. But I think with they have going on with this coaching group, I feel like they'll find a way to get the job done. Yeah, I think they're too. I think that our coaching is too good to blow a seven and three record. And even if they did blow it, I you could just fall back on. They're just not talented. But I don't think they'll blow it. I just think I think they're smart enough and a talented coaching staff enough to get in by the skin of their teeth. But they'll get in somehow. I just think they've already beaten the teams they've had to. Like Detroit's not going to come back and bite them. That that loss is not going to come back. Detroit is not going to go rattle off wins here. They're going to finish the way they should you know they're going to likely get smoked on thanksgiving and then it's like okay detroit stinks even though they're they're probably a little more talented than the giants as far as a personnel standpoint but i just think that i think somehow some way they'll get in i again i just i really think it's going to come down to late in the game against the colts getting in yeah i was like one other note get your opinion out here about the commanders uh, games here i think it's interesting i look at watching and schedule here i did not realize they're by sandwich between the two giant games so literally they go at the giants on this week 13 and by week 14 week 15 they have the giants again never seen anything like that no and then the giants have the eagles in between right like that's like oh my gosh. so uh yeah it's gonna be it's gonna be something man uh they that that washington game at home will be must win. If the Giants lose that game, and then this is assuming they lose against the, the Cowboys. The Giants lose the Cowboys and lose to Washington, then you say, you know what, this was a pipe dream. It's not going to happen. They absolutely will have to beat the Washington Commanders at home. Um, and then once they, if they do that, you're going to feel really good because they're going to be eight and four. They're going to severely hurt the Commanders. And then it's, all right, just win two more games somehow. Beat I'm, 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 I don't know, man. I'm just not afraid of the Vikings. Like, I never was. And then what Dallas did to him, I'm just thinking, like, geez, this team is totally – Kirk Cousins doesn't scare me. He's totally beatable. He, he turns into Kirk Cousins every year towards the end of the year one way or another. I think that's a game they can sneak in. I don't know if they will. But if they, if they beat the Commanders the first time and don't beat them the second time, I look for that ninth win to come against the Vikings on, on Christmas Eve. Call me crazy. Maybe they lose – Maybe they lose 40 to three, but I, I can see them beating them. And then, you know, look in Philly, it's going to be, it could get ugly just because <laughs> Philly's loaded. It could get lo- I mean, Philly is loaded. Um, I don't think they're a juggernaut. I think they can be beaten too, 
I mean, the commander showed it, and the Indianapolis almost beat them. But that's going to be a tough one in Philly. I think the I think it'll it'll be um, at home against the Colts where they lock it up. Yeah, I think the the uh, Giant fans like that would love that Christmas surprise of beating the Vikings for, for on Christmas Eve. So, Jerry, thanks for all the time. I really appreciate it. Before I let you go, if you follow social, you keep up with what you guys are doing over at the Giant Insider. Yeah, we still have a newspaper going. Uh, you can go to Magster to subscribe, M-A-G-Z-T-E-R, or go to www.thegiantinsider.com. And our podcast is on all the platforms, uh, you know, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, iTunes, Stitcher, um, Spotify. So, we put out two during the week and then once a week in the offseason. It's, uh, it's been a lot of fun with Chris. Absolutely, Jerry. Thanks for all the time. I really appreciate it. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. Show me the money. All right, show me the money. NFL picks for week number 12 here on the podcast. Joining me today to make the picks for Thanksgiving week, a Giants fan who's not too happy about what he saw on Sunday. Phil Fred is here. Phil, how are you? Hey, I'm, I'm okay, Mike. Uh, how are you? Doing pretty good. I feel a bit better about my situation after my coach spoke this to, this afternoon because I went on earlier the podcast about how, uh, you know, Zach Wilson thinks is a disaster. And as of recording this afternoon, Coach Sal at the press conference said basically nothing is guaranteed. Zach Wilson is not guaranteed to have his job and they're not committing him on Sunday. So progress. He's no longer on scholarship. Yeah, uh, I guess we'll start with your team. Um, I, I don't. I don't think Salah had a choice there. He's going to lose the locker room if, if he doesn't make a switch. Uh, the, the the players on the team aren't stupid. They they know that you, you guys have a good team. You're better than New England. You should not have lost to them twice, and you lost to them twice because of the quarterback. Yep. They know it. The guys in the room know it. Yeah, they do. When you let up, when you let up three points as a defense in an NFL game. That's amazing that you could lose that, that kind of a game. Yep. So for Zach Wilson to say, oh, no, I didn't let down the defense, uh, come on. Yeah. We're not stupid. I mean, I've seen plenty of discourse today on Twitter about him. We've seen all the plays he missed. We've seen the fact his stats are comparable to Marcus Russell, which is not a good thing here. But I think, honestly, I think he's going to start on Sunday. I think it's going to be a quick hook, though. I think he's struggling the first half. You're going to see Mike White at the end of the game. Well, if he's struggling against the Bear defense, then, then you got a real big problem because <laughs> they can't stop anybody. Oh, that's for sure. We'll, we'll put my team in the back row. We'll talk about yours here because obviously with the two games going on at the same time, I was sort of locked on the Jet game here. So what did you see in this Giant-Lion game? Well, look, uh, the Giants have been doing this with smoke and mirrors, and I think that uh, they're starting to come back to earth a little bit. And that's to be expected. They're They're just not very talented. And uh, on top of that, now they have a ton of injuries, just injuries all over the place. So uh, I'm not expecting much more out of this team. If they get to nine wins, I'd be surprised. Uh, the way I see it, they had a successful season already, even if they were to lose the rest of their games. The, the fact that they were competitive this year, nobody saw that coming. They are clearly got the right guy in there as a coach. So, uh, so I'm happy about that. And they've got some pieces at least. Yeah, they, but I'm not. I'm not that upset. I just, I wasn't expecting them to be any good this year. Yeah, that's true. At the same time, I mean, you're getting here. You're seven and two entering this game, and you'd say, you know what, this is a bad Detroit team coming in here. And like, 
we win this game, we're eight and two. We really set ourselves up here. Just we need two wins down the stretch to make the playoffs. Now you go from two to three, and I think that makes the job a little harder. Yeah, I. I but again, the 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 line wasn't that. It was I think it was three. Yep, it was. So three. Vegas Vegas was not scoring that as a seven and two team against the three and six team. Vegas understood, and they're right. Uh, the Giants, yeah, you are what your record says you are, but they're. They're just not that talented of a team. Uh, they, they've won a bunch of games with smoke and mirrors and good coaching. Good for them. I'm happy about it. They're moving in the right direction. The quarterback showed me a lot. He didn't play that well yesterday, but in general, he showed me a lot. Uh, let's just see how they finish out the year. I'm not I'm, – I just have no real high expectation for this team. I don't think they're very good. Yeah, so basically, you're raising my leading to my next question here. Because obviously, I talked to uh, Jerry Fuller, the Giant Insider podcast earlier. I asked him the same thing. And basically, like, do you think this Detroit game is sort of a sign of things to come here at the Giants? That, you know, like maybe is this going to be a tougher run down the stretch here, considering they're stepping up the level of competition they're dealing with and they have all the issues in the Detroit game? Well, they got exposed a little in Seattle. E- even Houston last week, they, they won the game, but they, they didn't exactly play well. And, uh, yeah, I do think it's a sign of things to come. They're they're devastated by injuries, and they're just they don't have that much talent. They they really don't. The defense is played well and played hard, but they don't. I can't say they have a ton of talented guys on the defense. And the offense, who do they have? They got the running back and quarterback. They they got some pieces. Andrew Thomas looks like he's great left tackle. That, that's a good piece. But is there any skill position player besides Barkley on the Giants who you? Are worried about nope no so they're just not they're not there yet but they weren't supposed to be there yet yeah i'm with you on that i feel like this is this year is a good sign that the coaching staff is capable of doing their job correctly and if you give these guys better players this team can be really really good yeah and and they have some pieces they've got a left tackle uh they've got a looks like they got a pass rusher they've got some decent players in the secondary who are young and uh I like what I've seen from Jones. The quarterback's played well this year. Yeah, he certainly has. And now we get to this interesting game. We've got Thanksgiving against the Cowboys here. I remember I talked to your brother when the schedule came out. I said, this is the year that the NFL put Giants-Cowboys on. And I expect this game to be good. So look like for most of the year, it's going to be, oh, this going to be a very important game. And now all of a sudden, this is a very big deal for the Giants because they want to have their playoff hopes, like, not take a bigger hit. Like, this is going to be a tough spot for them here in Dallas. Uh, if they figure out a way to win that game, they're they're almost guaranteeing themselves to get in. But, but Mike, they're nine point underdogs, so that is Vegas is again is not scoring this like a game between two uh, Dallas is seven and three. I think it's between two seven and three teams. Yeah, this is a lopsided game, and I expect it to be a lopsided game. I, I don't I don't know how the Giants could compete with that team with Dallas. Dallas is just better than them at pretty much every single facet of the game. Yeah, really, I think the only way this game is closed is the Giants can really just establish the run. They can build the bully the ball down the field of Saquon Barkley and some read option of Daniel Jones. I think if you're having to pass a lot of this game, this game is going to be like a two-touchdown game. Yeah, I, I agree. I just don't see them keeping it close. But the one thing that they do have, again, is they're well-coached. And well-coached football teams can compete in the NFL. Yep, they certainly can here. And before we get to the picks, we have a little bit of unfinished business here from the baseball season. We've got to talk about how the over-unders went. So I'm, I'm going to start with yours. No, I, I don't want to talk about the over 
Yeah, well, I'm gonna. I have to let the audience know how this went here. So I'll start with yours first. You went two and four on the year. You had over 85 and a half for the Giants. That one did not pan out. Under 62 and a half on the Orioles. That one was a big shocker, but even me. Tigers over 77 and a half loss. Guardians under 76 and a half loss. You did nail the Dodgers over 97 and a half, and you nailed Texas under 74 and a half. So I think the I think the two uh, guardian two central teams probably the swings for you there. Yeah, they. they... You know, the Tigers, uh, I do think they have a lot of young talent, but anybody who follows them closely, their their entire pitching staff got injured. Yeah. Uh, so once that happened, they had very little chance. The Guardians, I don't think a lot of people saw that coming. Uh, they got a lot of good contributions from young players who nobody had ever heard of, like Stephen Kwan and and so on. Uh, so they they were able to put together a pretty good season. Baltimore, though, was the, was the stunner. I mean, who, who saw Baltimore – going over on that number that's been a pick that we've had the under on the orioles i think that hit five years in a row that we've been doing this yeah i mean we absolutely did hit on the orioles i mean i'm going to the uh the standings now to sort of take, take a quick peek at baltimore i mean i think did they finish over 500 i think they won 80 they may have even got the 85 wins yeah i'm gonna look it up real quick here baltimore went 83 and 79 they finished over 500 yeah. so they cleared them by yeah, two games they had a good season yep they absolutely did. And speaking of having a good season here, we're going to my picks here. So this was a much more successful run here for me. So I had I went five and one under seventy four and a half on the Reds, over eighty three and a half on the Mariners, over ninety and a half on the Mets, under eighty three and a half on the Angels, and under seventy one and a half on Washington. Hit more wins. The loss was over ninety two half on Toronto and hit ninety two. So I almost had six for six. Yeah, yeah, you did well. Uh... Finally, finally, the Mets hit the over. We've yep. been doing the Mets over forever. Yep. So they, they finally hit it. Uh, unfortunately, the season didn't end the way you wanted it to. But, uh, but yeah, the, your picks look great now. Uh, the beginning of the season, the Angels uh, made you sweat a little bit, but then they remembered they were the Angels. Yeah, it was like that big, like, 14-game losing. Okay, I got that one in the bag. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's that's fine. But otherwise, yeah, very, very good Uh not a good year for me on the picks, but a good year for you. Yeah, I, I bet all those. So I did make some money back on, on a lot of those picks. I, I bet all mine, so I lost some money. Yeah, all right. Let's now get to the reason why you're here, which is the pick. So we're going to take a look back at last week here, week 11 on the podcast here. Troy Moriello was here. He went 1-1-1 one, one, and one. He had the push in there, too. He, he won with the Chargers, getting 6.5 on Sunday football against the Chiefs. They covered the number because the Chiefs came back one late. He pushed on the Bears, getting the three. They lost by three. He lost with the Broncos, laying two and a half against the Raiders. They lost in overtime. One, one, and one on the year. 15, 17, and one overall for the visitors. And the Broncos, man, just killing people. Yeah, I, I would not. Uh, I'm not touching Denver. No, thank you. Yeah. All right. Next up here, my picks here. I had the number one on the Giants again. I didn't fix that, but they I had them laying the three against Detroit. They lost that one badly. I had the Texans thinking the commanders would sleep on that game. They did not, so I did not get the three and a half. Steelers, I thought I was going to get for a minute there when it was in the fourth quarter, then they kind of wilted down, so I lost the plus five there. So 0-3 week for me, which is not very good at all. They stink! 13-20 overall, so not a good year for me. Yeah, well, uh, we got time to turn around, but hopefully not this week. 
Yeah, we'll see here. We're going to go now to the picks for the week. So I'm going to go as the guest. You can go first. Where are you going here with pick number one? Sure. Uh, I'll start on Thanksgiving. Um, I'm not touching the Giant game, uh, even though I considered taking the Cowboys. I just don't want to do it because I'm a Giants fan. But I will take Buffalo. Uh, it's looking like minus nine right now. I think it was minus eight and a half when I looked at it earlier, but I'll take it either way. Uh, I think that Buffalo is going to come out and play a statement game. They haven't really been playing that well for the past month or so. Uh, you know, you guys beat them and, and they've kind of limped by to win some of these games. I think they're going to go out to Detroit and just blow them out. I, I, I think the Bills are really going to show America that they are still a legitimate Super Bowl contender. I like this pick too. I think this is a good spot. I didn't, I didn't touch it because I had other ones I like better, but I think this game, I love the fact that, you know, Detroit, I think everybody's going to start hyping them. Oh, you know, they've won three in a row because they sneak back in this Thanksgiving Hall Magic. This is a prize for Buffalo going here and win by two touchdowns. Yeah, I, I think Buffalo goes in there and just blo- and just completely blows them out. I, if Detroit can't run the football, Detroit can't do much. And I don't think they're going to run the football that well on Buffalo. All right, let's pick number one. Are you going to pick number two? Pick number two, I want to see. I wrote this down. Hang on. I just want to look at what I wrote down. At the, uh, there it is. Yeah, Seattle. Seattle in the minus three and a half. Uh, Seattle's playing the Raiders. Uh, Seattle's home. I think Seattle is still undervalued in the league uh, and by, by the bookmakers. Uh, at some point, we have to say that maybe Seattle isn't winning despite Geno Smith. Maybe Seattle's winning because of Geno Smith. The guy's just having an unbelievable season. Pete Carroll is a good coach. I, I like Seattle. I think they're going to take care of the Raiders pretty well, and, and I just don't think the Raiders are very good. The Raiders are not very good. I mean, we've seen them last, like, they've lost to the Jeff Saturday Colts. They they should have lost to the Broncos, but Denver's either Denver at the end of the game here. Oh, like, and I think four at home is not a lot in this game here. I like Seattle here, win by touchdown. Yeah, that, that's what I expect. Uh, and at some point, at some point, we have to say, hey, Geno Smith, uh, the guy's just having a good year. He really is. He absolutely is. Where are you going with uh, pick number three? So I'm going to go back to Thanksgiving. I'm going to go to the night game on Thanksgiving. Uh, and I'm going to take the Vikings, who are now laying two and a half to the Patriots. I think that is a a good line for, for the Vikings. Um, I don't think the Patriots are that good. I, I think that they have been fortunate to beat your team a couple of times because of just abysmal quarterback play by your quarterback. Kirk Cousins is a lot better than your quarterback. And the Patriots, they can't score. They cannot move the ball. Mac Jones can't move the ball. I don't think they're that good. I know the Vikings just got blown out, but I still think the Vikings are a pretty good team. I think they bounce back from that blowout and beat the Patriots by a touchdown. Yeah, that's a good point. I'm going to start my picks. I'm making a family play with you on the Vikings here. I love this game here. I had it in minus threes. As I put it on the board at for us here, Regardless here, I think it's a massive overreaction to what happened in week in week, 10, week 11 here with the Vikings losing to Dallas the way they did. I mean, New England's only two wins this year against winning teams came against the Jets because Zach Wilson could not move the ball at all. They did not function on offense. Mac Jones is not good. They're going on the road against a quality football team, and they're going to get a very, very, very angry Vikings team coming off that game. So this is one where I could see Justin Jefferson running field, running laps around the New England secondary. They're going to put up a lot of points this game. They're very angry. I think it's going to end very poorly for New England. I'm with you on the Vikings. Yeah, I mean, Mike, we're, we're, we are a couple of 
Zach Wilson missed throws away from your team having won that game and the Patriots uh, coming off another brutal loss. Matt Patricia getting booed out of the building. I just, I think it's an overreaction. I think the Vikings just ran into a Cowboy team that had everything going that day. And uh, I think the Vikings right the ship here. All right, that's my first pick here. Second pick here. I'm going with a team that gets disrespected quite a bit here on, on, the, on the spreads. I'm thinking the Titans getting a point at home against the Bengals here. And I think this is a team that Tennessee knows what they do. They run the football. They play good defense. Ryan Tannehill is back. They have a new weapon now. Traylon Burst getting on the run here. And I don't think the Bengals are as good as they were last year. This is a prime revenge spot for Tennessee after the playoff debacle last year. I think they get a big dose of revenge here. I think this is a big win for the Titans here. I think they take care of business, get their revenge. I'm getting a point at home. So give me Tennessee getting the point here. Yeah, t- turning that game into essentially a pick was was a weird one for the linemakers. Uh, I like that pick. I looked at it too. I think Tennessee can control the clock, and I think Tennessee can win that game by a field goal. All right, let's pick number two. Pick number three. Back to Thanksgiving. I know you said you couldn't do it, but I'm going to do it. I'm going to take the Cowboys, laying all the points on Thanksgiving. This is a bad spot for the Giants. They are very banged up here. You got a lot of key guys in this game. And the Cowboy defense knows that if they take Saquon Barkley, the Giants cannot do anything offensively. Eight and a half points. Dak Prescott is here. They're riding high after that big win. I think they ride the momentum here for a double-digit victory over the Giants. So I'll take the Cowboys laying the points to wrap up the week. I, I like to pick. If I wasn't a Giants fan, I would do it. I just can't pick against my own team. But I think it's I, – I expect a, a route. Yeah, it makes a per- ton of sense here. So to reset the picks for week number 12, uh, Phil is going with the Bills laying number not laying nine points at, in Detroit on Thanksgiving. The Vikings laying three on Sunday night, on, on Thanksgiving night against the Patriots. The Seahawks laying four against the Raiders. My picks, Cowboys laying eight and a half at home on Thanksgiving against the Giants. Family play on the Vikings laying three against the Patriots. And the Titans getting a point at home against the Bengals. So those are your picks for week number 12 on the podcast and speaking of those vikings next week we're going to be joined on the podcast by a member of our softball team a big Viking fan joey castellanos to come on and do the picks oh all right uh well i'm i expect he's gonna have uh something to be very happy about at least after this week i think uh i think the vikings are gonna write the ship and show the patriots uh send them back to reality yeah, and I mean, next week is a loaded week of the NFL. Like, my reason why I'm getting this week, Vikings play the Jets next Sunday in Minnesota. So that's going to be a fun game. Yeah, uh, well, curious to see who the quarterback is, but I guess we'll know after this week. Yeah, I think there's a good chance that we end up seeing Mike White in that game if Zach Wilson plays a lot of the job on Sunday. Yeah, uh, look, uh, I, we talked about it earlier, and uh, I won't harp on it, but you guys have a team that's ready to win. You cannot let this quarterback hold you down. Yeah, you absolutely can't, Phil. Thanks for all the time. I really appreciate it. All right. Thanks, Mike. Appreciate it coming on. Uh, we'll see. Uh, hopefully I do a little better than I did with the over-unders. <laughs> the two-minute drill. All right, two-minute drill time here. Talking the World Cup here. USA-Wales, game one here. And this game took quite a turn because it was high-flying. There was a lot of action back and forth here. Ends in a 1-1 draw, but the USA probably should have had three points this game. I mean, you start out here, they come out flying. They're pressing Wales early. They are attacking down the field. They have plenty of chances here. They get a nice goal in the first half on a nice beat from Christian Pulisic to Tim Way, who 
gets it in there. one nothing USA. And then when we do this, we see the go to the second half. The thing flips completely. Wales starts attacking, and all the weaknesses that have been laid out by the people who know soccer. Stay off of Twitter unless you're following people who actually watch the sport for a living and pay attention here. They'll give you what you need to know here. Like, I talked to our guy, Martino Puja, who was on the podcast last week talking about the World Cup. He pointed out several things here. Is that A, remember last week, issue with the center backs. B, they do not have the kind of players to bring it forward and make the impact plays on some of these crosses and make these connections here. What happened? U.S. could not get that second goal. They got very complacent with the first goal. And the center backs had major issues stopping the Wales counter. And you had the ridiculous penalty on, on from uh, from from Ream in the, sec, in the second half. Set the penalty kick for Gareth Bale. He obviously capitalizes here 1-1. And that's really where this game ended because there were issues throughout. The refs obviously were not great. You can ask any soccer fan to say, this, you know, this is typical of FIFA here. Inconsistent on the yellow cards. Inconsistent on the stoppages. Bottom line is this here. The U.S. should have lost this game. If not for this ridiculous save Matt Turner makes in the 60th minute on a clear chance from Wales, he basically sticks one hand out and tips it into the crowd. If that doesn't happen, the U.S. lose this game. And they were outplayed for most of it. And that's a discouraging thing because Wales is a team that you figure, you know what, to get out of this group, you had to get three points out of this game. They got one. And now with the way they played and how sloppy they are defensively, this is a very young team, the second youngest in the field of 32. They're going to make mistakes. And they're playing one of the best teams in the world on Friday in England. And this game here is one where they could lose 3 nothing, 4-1. If they play as sloppy on the defensive end as they did against Wales, England's going to murder them. England put up six today on Iran in their, in their game in the other group. And keep in mind here, you were at a point where the final fixture here, I mean, Wales is playing Iran. Wales probably going to win that game. You're coming down here basically to, if the U.S. is 0-1-1 and they have a negative goal differential, they're going to need to beat Wales I mean, not beat Wales, beat Iran and get help from England to either beat uh, Wales outright or, you know, make up the goal differential if they end up on the same number of points. That's a problem here. The U.S. just made their lives a lot harder in this World Cup here. And I guess the young team, I get that they have a lot of guys learning what it's like to be on the stage, but some of the stakes made today were very bad. This team blew it. They had a chance to really put their mark on here. They did not. Very, very disappointing. We'll see how they do in Black Friday against England here. I'm not optimistic after what I saw in this game. And with that, I want to end the show for the week. I want to thank my guest. First up, Jerry Foley, who came on the podcast, talked all about the Giants, gave us a nice breakdown of what's going on with Big Blue. Also, Phil Ferreira for doing the week number 12 NFL picks. More stuff like this podcast, including my look at what's next to the Yankee after they re-signed Anthony Rizzo last week. Check out the blog over at justinsuffering.wordpress.com. Let's check out the Sky Guys podcast. Episode 11, Andor, fun episode. Episode 12, the finale this week. We're recording on Wednesday. It's going to be out on Friday in the Justin and the Sky Guys feed over the weekend, Justin the Suffering. You're on it sooner on, Fr- on Black Friday. Check out the Sky Guys feed if you want to get that access. Again, same podcast platform as the top of the show. So follow me on Twitter, mphilips331. That's M-P-H-I-L-I-P-S-331. And that's going to do it for this week's show. Coming up next week, we're going to do a Jets show. You're going to talk about the Jets-Bears game. Break down the team, do some picks, and more. Hope you have a better week than the our Jets fans. Turn it from the carrot magic from 
This has been the Just End the Suffering Podcast. I'm out.